Hi guys, welcome back to Vibing in Valentino. This week's conversation is a little bit different because it is more of a like a collaboration. We kind of both interview each other, me and the guest, versus me just simply interviewing the guest. It's going to be a, kind of a different format, but I hope you guys enjoy it. I touch on my weekly weakness at the end of the episode, so we're just going to skip over that. Before we get into the conversation, I just want to remind you that you can purchase my eight-week workout program, Vibing Strong. You can purchase my at-home workout kit, called the goodie bag it comes with a super heavy booty band and two core sliders which are so effective for working your core and your waistline and you can also purchase my favorite bikini from my cheat meal picture on instagram and you can also book a one hour consultation call with me about anything you want you can it's it can be kind of like a fitness and diet analysis or you can just have an hour with me that's to kind of vent and rant and get advice on life and friends and boys yeah you can do all that at my website vibinginvalentino.com okay let's get right into our conversation with our guest of the week This is a different setup than how I usually do my interviews. <laughs> I usually take on like a host guest kind of dynamic. So this is the fact that this is like a more of like a conversation that we're going to have between two fitness professionals. It's very uh, different than what I usually do, but I'm very excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. I also usually have a, like a guest uh, interview mm-hmm. and I'm also excited about to do this conversation and share our experience. I think it's so cool because I think we have the same kind of similar backgrounds, similar mm-hmm. experiences with fitness. So uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and your background and all that stuff? My name is Karina. I am originally from Poland. I'm currently living in Iceland. So I've been studying basically multicultural psychology. So I have a master's in multicultural psychology. And I've been studying this uh, only because I've been indoctrinated in uh, this um, approach to life. When we are born, we are going to school, we learn, we study and then we uh, work for money and it took me uh, almost 40 years to discover that this is bullshit so i've been uh, studying uh, psychology because my parents required me to study something it was never like my passion you know i never worked as a psychologist and after finishing study i've been actually uh, started to work as a bartender and a waitress and i started to earn my first money so i was like super excited about that i would afford to go for a vacation and you know partying all the time buying clothes consumptionist and then i got a job in a corporate world so i've been earning even more money i was more excited and happy about that i'm making a career that uh, allows me to buy apartment, for example. But for some reason, I, I knew that, like, I was just chasing happiness in money, partying, alcohol, and drugs, and, you know, like, not fun sex with random people. And I, I didn't really knew what I'm doing. And 
the good thing about the corporate uh, working for a corporate world is that they're giving you this like a sport card where you can go to certain facilities without like extra payment. So I chose the facility that was the closest to my house, which was a yoga studio. And I went to the introduction classes uh, to this uh, this yoga studio, and I discovered that you know I I don't know how to do anything with my body. It was like so hard, you know, these basic classes. So I started to go to yoga literally every day, and then I was um, drinking wine with my friends, watching some YouTube movies, and we saw a pole dance uh, movie again from some pole dance competition. So we decided, okay, let's sign up to some pole dance school because our cart uh, was working also there. And we went for the pole dance class. And of course, I couldn't do even less than on the yoga. And I was like, wow, like, what's going on, you know? But I didn't give up. And this is kind of how I started my adventure with, um, with sport. When I was like 31 years old, I started to go to yoga and I started to pole dancing and then I discovered gym. And then I saw that there's I still like my body shape is not what I am expecting. Mm -hmm. So I started my own journey studying uh, fitness, uh, being a personal trainer. So I, I got a certification in this and also nutrition. And after, you know, many years um, of studying this and working also in the corporate world, that I decided that this is my passion and this is what I wanted to do. And this is how I want to also empower people to live healthier life and uh, change their life and uh, discover what they can do to improve their, uh, their health and fitness. And also because I know that we are so lost in this advertisement that telling us that yeah. fat is bad and sugar is okay, just calories yes. matter. And it took me years to discover how it really is. And I still know that I need to learn a lot and I'm still learning a lot, but at, at, at least I, I know, you know, I, I feel happy and I feel in the place that I want to be. Uh, in this moment yeah uh, so this is my story go ahead I'm that's, looking forward to hearing yours <laughs> that's amazing yeah I think that um, my journey actually started quite quite young I kind of was just overweight my entire childhood I was like always like the biggest kid in the year in my in my kindergarten class in my first grade class all of that stuff so um, when I turned 13 yeah I would say middle school like sixth to seventh grade was when I really was like uh well first of all my mom took me to the doctor and they said that if I don't lose weight like I would get my period early and once you get your period I think they the doctor said that your height you stop growing height wise so my mom was like okay like we need to get you on a strict diet and that kind of led into me at the time also starting to care about how I look I was like very disciplined after that I was like working out a lot eating healthy and I lost a lot of weight and then we moved to New Zealand for six months and that's when even more weight came off because I think combined with the move and trying to be healthier it was um I didn't realize that at the time but it was really stressful for me and I started uh, developing an eating disorder. So I started gradually becoming very restrictive with what I was eating. I don't think that there's really 
a specified diagnosis for what I had. It was a mix of anorexia and bulimia. It was everything. I was weighing myself like five times in a day. Everything I was eating had to be sugar-free. I remember, mind you, I was like 13, 14 at this point. And then this kind of behavior continued until... Uh, until I went to college, so for like five years. I remember like I would eat sashimi, like salmon sashimi, and you know how I would find out it was like fatty? It was like when you dip it in the soy sauce and there was oil on top of it, and so I started like getting tissue and like patting off all the oil on the sashimi. I was doing that at restaurants. I was making sure I was pooping every hour. I was like insane. It was It was like not a healthy way to live, and... I don't think anybody realized that I was doing anything wrong in my family. I think they were just like, oh, she's really strict with what she's eating. But they had never seen anything like that before. I'm the only daughter they have. I have an older brother. So I don't think they really had seen anything like that. Fast forward to me finding out that I, was, I had a problem because in health class in high school, we had to write down everything we ate in a day. And I was being honest because I didn't think anything was wrong with me at the time. So I wrote, that was a day and I was not, I was not eating. It was like green tea, Diet Coke, and black coffee. And I think maybe like fruit, maybe like a watermelon or two, like a piece or two of watermelon in there. Um, but I submitted that because I was just like, oh, like, but I ate so much the day before. And that's what, literally what I told the health teacher and she was shocked. She was like, I think we have like something deeper than that going on. So she started sending me to the counselor. So at the time, I didn't want to give it up yet. I was not ready to let that restrictive way of life go because I think that that's all I knew. I think to me, I felt like if I had let it go just a little bit, I would gain everything back. My childhood weight nightmare would come back. I had a really messed up relationship with food until college where I experimented with low carb, no carb. Um, keto before it was a thing, veganism, vegetarianism, I did all these things. And I was in a relationship with somebody who was an athlete who ate a lot and I just, I was not working out. After I moved to LA was when I started working out. And then I realized that um, food is really like the fuel you need for your body instead of something to victimize, which is why I started learning more about the ways of the body. Um, my bachelor's degree was actually in nutrition and my master's degree is actually in exercise science. And I've actually lived through all these different ways of eating till I found what works for me. How do you feel about yourself right now? I love my body right now. I think that it took me a long time to like really make peace with it, but I've seen that I've really grown in my strength. Um, in the gym, I've grown, you know, I've, I've seen what my body can and cannot do. And I think that my body constantly surprises me with how strong and able it is. And honestly, I feel like I have mistreated it for so many years, you know, with restrictive eating and with always hating on it, always finding a flaw in it. Um, I owe my body a better treatment, you know? Yeah, this is very fascinating because... Um this is like the, the image that we have in our uh, head, how we are supposed to look. And as a society also expect that 
us, especially as a woman, to look a, a certain way. And I was also talking uh, with this about the Germanic with my last podcast that um, being healthy doesn't mean to have a six pack, you know. It means that you are not experiencing any issue, any pain. You are in the good relationship uh, with your body. It means that you are eating what your body is needed, not too much, not too little, and you don't have like weird cravings. You're resting also enough. You have time to train, to you know, to push yourself in a gym or whatever sports you are practicing. But then you have also time to rest, to spend with your family, and to enjoy like social relations, like um, not being as you like so restricted and not going to the restaurant and you know patting the, the sashimi or something like that. But like just enjoying life. And if you don't have a six pack or if you're not like super skinny, um, it doesn't matter, you know, if your your organs are functioning, you know, as they're supposed to and you have energy, you feel good, you don't have any, you know, headaches or anything, you're not, you know, overweight, who cares if you have a six pack or not? No one gonna cares about that, you know. People will care about how they feel around you and if you make them stressed through your, like, uh, weird behaviors of, of in the restaurant or something they they will like don't like to be around right and uh, at the end of the day like the, the relations uh, that we have with people around us and we in with ourselves I think what matters most and how we can appreciate the body that we have at uh, at the moment because this is the only machine that we have in this life and we need to love it how it is and we need to learn how to show the love to our body. That's why also my podcast is called Body is a Temple, because I believe it's a sacred place where we live in, and we should treat it like that. <laughs> yeah, 100%. There's just such a focus on always telling us what we can and cannot eat, and it changes all the time. If you follow these rules, every time they change, you have gone through the whole movement of the low fat trend where you weren't eating any fat you've gone through the movement of now you're not eating any carbs but you can eat all the fat you want and then now it's all the fat and all the protein in the world with the keto and the paleo diet and and now you can't eat fruit so it's like you're constantly being told what to eat people stopped listening to their own bodies and started listening more to these trends that actually aim to just make money. What they're doing is with these books and all this information that they're scientifically, quote unquote, trying to give you is that they're trying to set a platform to be able to sell you protein shakes and protein powder and protein bars and frozen food and all these other things that are really where they make their money from. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and I also remember uh, my mom who was always uh, on diet and dieting, you know, all the time. She never was like in shape or skinny or anything like that, but she was always dieting and she was always, you know, stressful about what she's eating, when she's eating, and that she's not supposed to eat this or supposed to eat that. And I understood, like, I, my parents were visiting me here in Iceland uh, this month, and I was observing them and what are they eating. And I understood so much where is my behaviors are coming from, 
like my mom is so still like obsessed about food like she's not she's pretending she's not eating but then she's eating you know actually everything at the end of the day when no one is watching so that's horrible and at the same time for example i noticed that my dad is not drinking water he can drink coffee or sprite but not the water is not existing for him and i was like you know in shock and I even appreciate myself more how much, how, how deep work I did to overcome this because I was growing up with those people and I thought it's normal and I had to really learn a lot to discover that, um, you know, the, the overall at the end of the day, whatever the mainstream is talking about what you should or not should eat, there's really a simple rule. Your food should be a pure food so it shouldn't be processed so wherever you have a is it a fruit or vegetable a piece of meat or fish or i don't know anything and it's not processed it's just a one ingredient as it was grown or like you know made by by nature that's for sure it's going to be a food and you can eat it and nothing going to happen you know to you and your body will thank you so that's my my like a one simple rule about eating like if you have any doubts what you you should or shouldn't eat if it's just one ingredient for sure it's food and you can eat it what about you what's your approach to to, to food yes um i always tell my clients that i have an ebook out you do as well you have several books out in my ebook i tell them a guideline for what is clean eating and i always tell them does it look like the food like does the cheese look like how it's supposed to be or is it powdered america is so much more of like a junk food country than than europe is we have the same kind of food but your ingredients list is much shorter than ours i'm in us a lot of time and i'm also very familiar with the food that is there yeah. and i know that uh, I'm, I'm even following someone that is comparing food from us and yes. from europe the same food has different ingredients it's like crazy you know even like things like coca-cola or sprite or uh, you know power right there's like more sugar in us yeah <laughs> yes this i think we have like all the banned stuff that europe does not allow colors and preservatives and stuff it's crazy mm -hmm. but to me i'm always telling people to ask if like, for example, the cheese, does it look like cheese or does it look like powder? You know the Kraft Mac and cheese? That's not okay. what cheese is supposed to look like. It doesn't come mm -hmm. in a packet in a powder form. And your meat is not supposed to look not like meat. Like, if you can't tell it's meat, that's a problem. If you can't mm -hmm. tell that, like, a, like, there's a potato and then there's, like, potato chips that you make at home, you can still tell mm -hmm. it's a potato and then there's a Pringle, where you can't even tell what food that is. You, we know it's a Pringle, but what is it really? What kind of food is that? There's no food called Pringle. Is it a potato? Yeah. Is it made of corn? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, you have to be able to see it and know what kind of food it is for it to be considered clean. What What is your routine? Do you have like a morning routine? Do you know meditate also writing a journal, this kind of stuff? Can you, can you walk me through what do you do to kind of, you know, tune in your highest potential yes. at the moment? Yes, I love that you asked this because as fitness experts, I think people don't think that we talk a lot about 
mentality and like our mental health and spirituality but it's such a huge part so when I wake up I usually wake up at like 7 30 a.m 7 a.m if I'm feeling a little extra early and then I sit and meditate I'll even still be laying down but I am not good at meditating with just music so I need to meditate to like a guided meditation either on YouTube or on like um an Apple Apple Music has a playlist of like guided meditations as well. Um, so those meditations usually last for 10 to 15 minutes. And then that's when I get up and then I go do cardio in the morning. I like to work out in the morning to kind of get it done and start my day off right. I don't like to get up right away and talk to people. I think that that takes a lot of energy from me, especially early in the day. I just feel like I need some time to get tuned into myself before I can give myself to other people. Yeah, absolutely. I'll just interrupt you for a, uh, for a bit because I want to add to this that like even turning on your phone from the flight mode around like, you know, 9 and 10, like makes such a difference yeah. to like build the space you know to yeah. get ready for the day yeah. you know like nine or ten like depends when you when you're waking up but like not you know checking the phone straight after waking up yeah you know, i like for me probably for you it's like obvious but i know so many people just still do this you know it's crazy yeah <laughs> yeah what about you what is your morning routine yeah i, I meditation is the first thing also for me in the yeah. morning and, and then I am um, usually starting uh, to write the journal a little bit. Now I'm also learning Spanish because I want to relocate myself from Iceland to Mexico <gasps> next month, actually. Wow, what a change. Um, yeah, big change. So I also want to, do, to like do the, a little bit of Spanish in the morning to have this thing done because I know if I'm going to put it on the later in the day I'm gonna procrastinate yeah. you know and <laughs> find excuses not to do it so at least half an hour in the morning just to do the homework or some reminding of the words and then I also like to work out in the morning and I like to do it in a fasted state I, I usually feel better I feel more energy when my stomach is empty Me and too. I kind of uh, can focus on yeah like the, the workout itself instead of digesting and Sometimes I do the cardio, like today I've, I've been on the running and then I also went to the cold ocean uh, here in Iceland, so I did also uh, cold therapy, uh, but sometimes I'm just going to, to you know, lift weights or for my uh, pole dance studio uh, to, you know, prepare some pole dance routine, so I'm like mixing with the, with the working out. And then I eat breakfast quite late, around 11. <laughs> yes, I wanted to ask you because you're such an expert on so many different modes of working out. What is your workout routine? I love pole dancing and I'm always saying to people that I'm gonna pole dance till I will die and lie in a coffin <laughs> because um, it's such a, you know, feminine, sexy sport, giving you connection with your body. You can, you, uh, when I was starting to learn this, was at the beginning for me all about strength and doing tricks and it took me you know like six seven years of like training this to discover that i can actually dance because again someone when i was young told me that i cannot dance because i don't hear the music so i never thought about myself that i can be a dancer 
uh, in and later I was also uh, competing in a, a competitions of, of pole dancing and so I had to learn you know how to dance and I really love to do it because I, I really love to be creative with with pole dancing and I love teaching this because this also forced me to kind of continue with my you know workouts and, and routine and you know maintain the level that I am so I am usually trying to listen what my body needs, you know, uh, at that day. I always have at least minimum uh, weight to weightlifting trainings per week where I do heavy squats, um, he heavyweight squats because on the pole I'm more working with the upper body. So on the gym, when I'm going to the gym, I'm focusing on the lower parts of body. So like a squat, lounges or any kind of like a leg training. And always in my routine, there's a lot of um, core conditioning and strength. So things on the Swiss ball, you know, to maintain the balance. Also handstand, headstands, everything that requires to activate this um, the core muscles and, uh, and balance. Usually one day a week I'm resting and I'm not working out at all. Sometimes I'm just like running in the morning. I don't schedule things. I just more like trying to do the leg day when I know that I will not have to, you know, walk a lot that day or I can, you know, kind of like have a lazy day after because I just, I do really, you know, heavy um, squats, like uh, 70 kilos. So I think it's like 115 pounds or something like that. And so it's really, later you are really feel exhausted when you do this kind of, you know, heavy. So I like to like kind of schedule the, the, this heavyweight uh, squats in the day when I can kind of be lazy at the rest of the day. But the rest, you know, with the pole dancing, sometimes I'm, I'm depends on how I slept or how I feel. Sometimes I'm, I do some, you know, climbing, lifting and really like a heavier stuff. And sometimes I just want to dance and I'm just focusing on and dancing. So like I'm trying to like, to work on this, like really being in tune with my body and, you know, feel and like listen to what it's saying. Do I do the body needs more stretching or maybe needs more, you know, challenging workout. And there are days where I feel that I don't have power to do anything. And then I'm not doing anything, but it's very hard to <laughs> convince myself because then I am like, oh, maybe I'll just a little bit of, running or maybe just yeah. a little bit of this but then i'm not carrying up your body is tired just don't do anything your muscles gonna vanish after one day of not working out yeah so this is this is how i work with this but it took me at least 15 years to kind of understand this so it's not like overnight you know okay yeah <laughs> To understand that it's important to have recovery. I do different kinds of recovery. I do, you know, sauna. I do um, hot tub. I do cold therapy. I do also floating. I do massage. You know, this is I'm trying also to schedule for a few times a month um, recovery day. Yeah, I think a lot of people underestimate the importance of recovery, but that is really where your muscles grow. Yeah, thank you for pointing this uh, about the recovery because, like, I am uh, usually working with people even older than me, and when I am uh, starting my interview with them, I'm starting actually from how do they sleep, and you know they are expecting me to give them a strict diet and exercise plan, and I'm saying to them, listen, I'm not. You don't need to exercise actually at the beginning. At the beginning. Just focus on your sleeping 
and just start to eat cleaner that you you are eating and just go for a walk you know um maybe for a bike or you know maybe a little bit of yoga or stretching you don't have to start to really heavy train to lose the weight because first of all you're going to injure yourself very quickly if you don't have experience you haven't been training for years and now you want to you know go into this uh, uh, hardcore training so that's that's not the point of this first you need to yeah, fix your sleeping because people not sleeping enough also they're sleeping badly they're waking up during the night and they are sleeping five six hours which is not enough so i am like kind of teaching them to take control of their sleep sleep a little bit longer like seven eight hours and not wake up during the night uh, so like for example discover what to eat before going to bed and how to have the evening routine like not watch the screens or all this kind of stuff and after you know a month or two when i see when they are saying to me okay i don't have any more headaches uh, or i have more energy now i feel better i stopped eating sugar so i don't experience pain somewhere or something like that then i know that they are ready to start training and adding the training to uh, to the program because for someone usually people who are reaching to me they you know they haven't been doing anything for years you know sometimes it's five years sometimes it's 15 years so I don't want to put a stress for them because the next training the hardcore training where they will you know be tired and they will see that they cannot manage to do the exercise is also stressful thing that will not um, help them to achieve a result because they will be you know feeling bad about themselves even that they are not you know men uh, could can take a training so yes uh, thank you for pointing that the recovery and the resting is so important can you um give the listeners maybe like two things that you would suggest them to do for a good night of rest and sleep so first thing is to pay attention to the light in the evening. So like wearing a blue light blocking glasses, maybe use some red light or near infrared light uh, lamp uh, at home. Um, you know, not being on your phone in your bed um, and kind of like design some like an evening routine where you can when your body is understanding that when you're starting to do this, you are getting to sleep, like putting your pajama. Sometimes it's such a simple thing, but uh, people, not everybody's sleeping in pajama, you know, people just sleeping in wherever. And this is a kind of like a routine for the body when you're putting a certain clothes, like it's triggered. Oh, okay, time to sleep. So paying attention to this and also, um, I'm always saying that your day is not starting when you wake up, but when you when you are going to sleep. So that's why it's so important uh, to, to pay attention what you are doing in the evening. And also, what I would say, um, notice how do you feel after eating certain things. And I don't want to say that uh, what you should eat because this is different depends on the people. But for sure, someone can notice that if they're going to eat, for example, you know, protein, they will sleep different way that they will sleep after fat. Or maybe someone will notice that if they will not eat something like four hours before going to sleep, they sleep better. 
or maybe someone will notice if they will eat something for hours they will sleep better depends on the person so just notice how is it with this food how it influences your sleep and what kind of food makes you um sleep better and it takes an effort and you know people i don't know how what's your experience but People many times like reaching to a personal trainer, expecting that the personal trainer is going to do a job for them. Yeah. And I really like need to push them every day and ask them, okay, so what did you eat last night and how did you sleep? Because they are don't want to make this effort to like kind of noticing this. And I need to like, they pay me for that. That's <laughs> true also. But I also want to teach them that when they stop working with me, they still need to pay attention on to what's going on. And um, yeah, it, it takes an effort to self-observe, you know, yourself. And it's also changing over a time, you know, now I'm in Iceland and my day looks like a certain way, but then when I'm gonna move to Mexico, my day gonna go look a different way and I'm gonna experience different temperature also, more sun than here. So I will need also to adjust probably what I'm eating and what I'm doing, you know, to, to kind of see what works for me the best. It's a lifetime journey to, to, yeah, to learn this and, you know, be in love in the process because it's never ends. It's not that it's going to go get to the certain point and, you know, and you can sit down, you know, and do nothing. <laughs> can you talk to us about intermittent fasting just a little bit? And tell us your experience and your thought on that. Sometimes it works for me, sometimes it's not. It not but um, I think like I'm trying to maintain the intermittent fasting. There's so many profound research showing up that um, there's not only uh, weight loss benefits, but also uh, health and mental health benefits when it comes to cognition and all the digestive issues. Um, Religiously, when it comes to first thing that I'm drinking in the morning is a uh, water with apple cider vinegar, and then I have some like a warmer drink, like a coffee with a um, with a small spoon of um, MCT oil, or if I don't have an MCT oil, just like a coconut oil, or even a butter, like if I'm traveling. And I really like this when it comes to uh, yeah to my cognition. I really like see the difference, and my, my brain is like kind of click when I drink this to kind of. Uh, work better and uh, usually my breakfast uh, is yeah it contains eggs and mm, or something like protein and fat things that gives me a fuel for the rest of the day and then I eat my my second meal around like 3 or 4 p.m. and that is usually my last meal and it's quite a big meal uh, it's like a late lunch and dinner together and there's usually a piece of meat or like a fish or yeah but one day a week i'm doing a vegetarian day to kind of also like a cleanse my like a, give it give it a break to my digestive uh, from the from the heavy meat or sometimes i even fast one day a week um Kind of like a fasting is something that I would like to work on more uh, because it's very hard for me. It's not about what I feel in my body. It's more about my brain. Is I kind of cannot believe that I can, you know, not eat. Uh, I would like to like prolong it more. Now I do like two times per month, like a one day fast. It's like a like a day where I'm not eating anything at all. 
our like um, ancestors, they are used to kind of live without the food, you know, for a few days. This isn't normal for them. Or they didn't focusing the day about eating like us we do, like doing four meals in the day. They just ate when they hunt something, right? And sometimes they didn't hunt anything for uh, for a few days, and they yeah, they couldn't eat for a few days. So it's nothing very you know extraordinary for our body. We just now living in this world where you can 24/7 go to the shop and eat something, and we think it's normal. And it's really difficult to kind of um, reject this, you know, because wherever you have the signal from your stomach, oh, I'm hungry. You have so many opportunities to feed yourself. And even if you are eating healthy, but you're overeating, it's still not the, the point um, to maintain this health where you can give it the break to your body. And then you can see um, what's, what are the difference when it comes to how you feel and how you also digest the day after, how your brain is uh, feeling. So like, for uh, if anyone tried a keto diet or this kind of intermittent fasting, I think one of the the first things that people are noticing is the the improve of the cognition and the mental um, feeling. I don't know what what is your experience in this. So with intermittent fasting, I don't do it every day, but I try to do it as often as I can. Um, because I am, like you, a fan of fasted cardio and fasted working out in the morning. Um, I just think that my, our bodies work faster and more efficiently when it's not busy digesting food as well. Um, so I usually start my first meal at, uh, 12 and then I finish my dinner before eight. But I'm also not eating the entire time when it's 12 to 8. You know, you eat lunch and then maybe a snack at like 3 or 4, although I'm not super big on snacking. If I'm like hungry, I'll have like some fruit. I think that the idea of eating 5 to 6 meals a day is also something that the diet industry created. I don't think that that works for everybody. What do you find now um, the things that uh, you would like recommend for people to kind of experiment this with, uh, to improve their basically not only health but overall well-being like what are you like a biohacks for I don't know resting and recovery also for, for eating um, like, like the things that you are kind of also uh, experiencing in your, your day? Um, I think my biggest biohack lately has been anything geared towards balancing the bacteria in your gut. So I am really, I, I used to really ignore um, fiber, like my fiber intake. I just didn't really pay attention to how much or how little fiber I was eating throughout the day um, and it really did start to impact everything from how regular I was to bloating to my skin and then once I started uh, paying attention taking prebiotics and probiotics I think everything kind of balanced itself out um, my skin became really nice um, 
like nicer than than it has ever been in recent years so that's one of my my tips for that i would suggest every meal including some kind of fiber in there i like to take some inulin powder in my coffee every morning and that's how because i don't eat breakfast half of the time i don't eat breakfast so that's how i get my fiber in the morning um for lunch i'll do um I used to do grilled chicken breast, but now lately I've been doing a lot of fish, like like seared salmon. But I always eat pumpkin with lunch because that vitamin A I found has been really, really good at um, keeping my skin really nice. It's it's one of those like really acne fighting vitamins that people don't really realize is important. Um, and some spinach, and then for dinner, I'll usually eat whatever is on the table, or if me and my family, we go out to eat that night, um, but I tend to keep it very salad-based at night. How about you? What are some of your biohacks? When it comes to food, I actually feel better more on a um, so-called like a carnival diet, mm-hmm. so like gonna meet and I would like really want to have an opportunity to try this uh, carnival diet like as as it's designed so from nose to tail Uh, at the moment I'm not uh, I'm not doing this this way but I'm focusing on a on on a meat I used to be a vegetarian for like 20 years okay when I was in Poland I actually came back to eating meat here in Iceland because in Poland I, I didn't for me it was all about the quality so I didn't trust the meat in the shops. There, you know, I didn't know where it's coming from, yeah. how this um, meat, you know, grew up, or um, how to find like a quality meat. So I was, I my soul just told me, just don't eat it. Right. When I came to Iceland, I uh, noticed that they, I can see the cows, the horses, the lamb that is very popular, and I started to feel uh, that this is the quality food that I can find here also because they don't have vegetables here. So, I mean, like they grow a little bit of tomatoes, um, potatoes and cucumbers, but basically there's like a very rocky ground, not so much sun. So everything is important. So here my soul is telling me those vegetables here, when they need to come from Argentina or somewhere, you know, maybe that's not a good, you know, thing because probably they are some kind of modified to like maintain uh-huh. a freshness for like a 12 hour trip or something like that yeah so i'm trying like not to to eat so much more like a local vegetables that i'm finding here but uh one of my favorite um biohacking things here in iceland what I w- i'm doing for last month is the floating i don't know if uh, if you heard about floating it's a tank with a salty water with mm-hmm. epsom salt where you are lying down floating and it's close and it's to- totally dark and quiet and mm-hmm. you are spending there for around an hour just to relax and regenerate and you can also meditate or do whatever you want with your mind i think it's uh, amazing because there's the water with magnesium you're breathing this magnesium you the magnesium go into your uh, your body through the skin so you can feel the like a magnesium load effect and, uh, which is very um, helpful with regeneration and uh, and recovery so i would really recommend and also like being in the state of floating when you literally can let go all the muscles and you are not sinking you know you yeah. don't feel the body break. 
it's like really pretty interesting and not everybody likes to have it like dark and quiet some people like to have a little bit of light and maybe some relaxation music so uh if if someone has a, like a claustrophobia or something like that they, they don't have to you know close it totally um so you can just like experience the benefits of, of floating uh, itself but I love to have it like dark, quiet, when I don't hear anything, don't see anything, and I don't feel my body. And then I can really focus on what's going on in my head. I want to touch on the topic of the rise of online and social media trainers. What are your opinions on just the boom of that going on in our industry? Well, I think it's good and it's not. The internet is the game changer when it comes to knowledge mm -hmm. and you know I'm listening also to podcasts and I'm doing some online courses from the mentors and gurus and people who I really respect uh, those are people like Paul Czech, um, uh, Mike Matzel, Ben Greenfield uh, those are people who experience on their own body a lot of, you know, a biohack diets and approaches. And uh, they also, you know, supporting uh, what they're they talking uh, with the science. Um, but, the, but people might be very, like, confused with the trends, like, you know, keto or doing this exercise or that exercise. And, but it's... What I found, like, at the end of the day, okay, a lot of this, when someone is about to make a decision, who are they going to work with, I think they are just asking their friends, you know, and choosing a person who someone is recommending for them. I think this is what works. So you, they can see, you know, a lot of things going on online, social media, but they prefer to um, choose someone trustful that someone else had experience with um so yeah that's that's what i my, my take what about you what do you think about this i i definitely agree with you i think that the internet has become kind of a good and a bad for our industry i think that it's really made a lot more people be able to do their own research and gain knowledge for themselves and things that they are interested in I also think that it has created a lot of avenues for false information to come out and which is why I think that we have to be a little bit more strict and a little bit more knowledgeable in how we filter fitness and nutrition advice into our lives and what we really listen to and what we don't. That also goes to show that, you know, like me and you, we were talking about our diets and it was very different, but it works for the both of us. So when you filter out information overload do what works for you because there's a lot of different ways of eating and working out that works for every different type of body and every different person but back to the online thing i think that people think that it's now easier to be a fitness expert when we both have gone through extensive training to be where we're at i just would say like be careful of who you take information from and go from somebody who is trustworthy who you know your friend or your family referred you to like you said because there is a lot of false experts out there my mission is just to 
to, to get people attention listen like you have this body you need to learn how to operate this you know yes. it's, it's not being given to you and you can listen to one million you know fitness trainers but at the end of the day no one is you and no one is living in your body and no one will you know tell you 100% what you should do this is this is my big mission and this is what I would like to motivate people and inspire it to kind of discover and not being ashamed you know that they are taking care of themselves yeah so what I like to do when we end the episode on my show is we share with the listeners our favorite thing of the moment. So it could be a food, a TV show, a book, anything. What is your favorite thing right now? So my favorite thing at the moment is practicing cold therapy here in Iceland uh, because I'm going to miss that in Mexico. <laughs> so I'm really pushing myself to enjoy this uh, as, as much as possible. And the cold was always something that I hated. And so I'm super proud of myself that I kind of overcome this hate. I, I've been on the training and I learned how to go and like work with the breath and take control over my, my body and mind when I'm going to this cold water. This is something that I would definitely recommend for everyone because since I started to practice cold therapy, I'm not sick. And I am amazed that I haven't been having any cold, anything, you know, now we have this pandemic, coronavirus, mm-hmm. everybody's sick out and I'm like I might even have this virus with <laughs> I don't even know because I feel so great I feel so much you know healthier doing this so and it and it's fun because some because I never know how long I can stay in this water sometimes it's super hard and sometimes I can go and just sit and I don't feel this coldness actually and I'm you know surprised <laughs> Oh so my god. This is the that I, what about you? What's your Okay. Thing? Wait, hold on. So cold therapy is that just is that like me like taking a cold shower? Is that considered cold no, therapy? It means, no. Uh, it means literally going to the cold ocean or to the ice cold bath when you have ice around you. The idea of this cold therapy is to go to this water, sit and be still, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't swim, don't just experiencing and you are experiencing your body is freaking out. Mm-hmm. Your body is you just run away. And also when you are going out, you are the, the, the hormones are floating through your body yeah. because your body is so happy that you survived this. <laughs> uh, you're like literally high after this. My favorite thing right now is actually an app. So you are a pole dancer. But this app is for all kinds of dance. It's called Steezy. It's like S-T-E-E-Z-Y. And at first I was like, this is real. And so I downloaded it. And then I actually, they give you like an entire class on your phone. They teach you the moves. And then you go through a whole routine. It's so cool and it's so much fun. Um, There's one you can do in heels. There's no pole dancing one yet. But... Yeah, it's a it's a good app. I recommend it if you guys yeah, are looking for. I think for. I love this app, and it's so cool that you are dancing because this is totally different kind of workout. You need to kind of you know feel the music and kind mm-hmm. of like let go. You yeah. know, like stop thinking about how your moves are look like, but like really <laughs> kind of feel it. So it's so cool because I think dancing is like a kind of a meditation also. Yeah. And um, what I ask in my podcast usually at the end is. 
what is uh, one thing that you would recommend to people start doing from today that can change their health? I would say to go back to what we're talking about, rest and recovery, I would say to keep your bed decluttered, which is so important. And I don't think that people really um, realize the importance of it. I have a TV in my bedroom. So whenever I turn off the TV, I just put the remote right next to me after I turn it off and I go to sleep. But I tend to at night knock it over and then it falls to the floor and wakes me up. So I think that what I when I tell people keep your bed decluttered, it just means don't have anything on your bed that you can knock over and is going to wake you up because that's going to interrupt your REM sleep. What about you? Practice gratitude in the morning. Uh, if it's uh, writing in the journal or even just waking up and just thinking about, you know, three things that you are grateful for, I think it's a game changer because the first your first thoughts in the morning, they will make your day like this. Yeah. So, like really pushing yourself and reminding yourself to start the day with the, the gratitude. Uh, it's not an instant shift. It's not a quick fix of, uh, you know, every problems. But after, I believe after a few days or weeks and months of practicing this, people will notice that they start to react to the stressful situation in a different way. Mm-hmm. They feel more lighter, more happier. So, yeah, gratitude in the morning and, like, really, uh, you know, forcing yourself to do this. So for my listeners, can you tell them where they can find you, your podcast, your Instagram, your website, all of it? So on the social media, I'm under kari.live.art. It's K-A-R-I dot live dot art on Instagram and Facebook. My website is also kari.liveart.com. And my podcast is called Body is a Temple, and you can find this uh, under this name on all the podcast platforms like uh, Spotify, iTunes, Teachers, Podcast Addict, wherever you listen to the podcast on. And uh, for my listeners, where can find more about you? <laughs> so you guys can find me on Instagram at NicoleNomXO, the page for my diet and fitness tips is body by vibing co my website is vibinginvalentino.com and my podcast is vibing in valentino and you guys can listen to that on itunes google play um anywhere you can listen to podcasts really just like yours (laughs) it's been so much fun i'm so happy we did it that's a really uh fun to do this kind of conversation and share the knowledge and experience and and this is also i think very good and good very interesting for the listeners because we can we should um share the different approach like Mm -hmm. the same thing like one thing what was working for me and for you the other and they can kind of i hope understand how better how to discover what works for them so i'm Um, I am happy about this. (laughs) I know, me too. I think that we really showed that, you know, fitness and being healthy can come in so many different ways. Like, I think we have a common sense of understanding of fitness and a common love for fitness. But, you know, our diets are different. How we work out is different. It's just how we make it work for us, which I think is an important message to share. 
I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. If you guys enjoyed this episode or any other previous episodes, please give me five stars on iTunes. Um, Leave me a cute little review. It really helps me out with getting the podcast out there to more wonderful listeners like yourself. And when you leave me a review, you can ask me any question you want and I will answer it on the show. Okay, you guys, thank you so much for coming to hang out with me this week. And I will catch you next Friday on Vibing and Valentino. Have a wonderful weekend.